I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? You're looking at Nothing beats me. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. Welcome everyone back to another edition of Cleve and Me. As whew, we got a lot to cover. We were thinking about doing a couple shows this week, mini shows. Well, we're bringing you one big show on this beautiful weekend. We are covering the Puerto Rican Blacklash, as I like to call it. We're going to recap Raw, SmackDown, and even talk about the phenomenal win by AJ Styles, but also the phenomenal match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley inside a steel cage. Uh, so much to cover. Not a lot of time, as people like to say, but we got some time today, and before we get started, I know uh, Cleveland's pretty happy. His, uh, hmm, I don't even know what to call those, yellow mustard crap Laker jerseys, but they are advancing to the Western Conference Finals and now get to lose to Jokic in the next round. Cleve, how we doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Joe mentioned it. I am on cloud 10, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's been a great rough season for my Lakers, but we're in the third round before the championship. And regardless of what Joe says, LeBron will be eating nuggets in game six. But <laughs> on to wrestling topic, look here. Backlash was, we had a great backlash. The crowd was crazy at backlash. We definitely ready to talk about that. The Raw after backlash was eh, but the SmackDown one version has, again, outdid the Raw for the week. So I'm definitely pumped to talk that. Yeah, and I'm going to start right with what you said about the crowd. Hands down, I think that was one of the best crowds for, um, you know, a non-main four pay-per-view that I've ever seen. I, in fact, thought it was so good, Cleve, that I would put Backlash there every year, um, as long as Bad Bunny's around, um, which, knock on wood, should be for a long time. But that crowd, I mean, you didn't, it's not like it was 60,000 plus people, but a few moments between the Cody Rhodes entrance, the Bad Bunny entrance, um, a few Carlito coming back. The the pops were just insane, and they were consistent. It's not like they got boring for a little bit, then came back. They had, and that's what makes most of these shows. When you have a bad crowd, and you know a WWE sometimes one of them will pump in some things if the crowd's not doing it by themselves, which people are always like, stop pumping in crap. Well, sometimes you have to with some of these boring ass crowds that they get across the United States. But this Puerto Rican crowd was off the chain and Cleve. I'm I'm fine with saying please put it there again next year, please, because I they were tremendous. They stepped up to the plate, and I they literally made the pay per view to me from like I probably would have gave it like a B or a B plus, but I give it a solid A, and I think that's in kudos to them. I give it a great, I give it a solid A too, because nowhere else 
in the states you will hear the reaction that eo sky got the way she got in puerto rico i don't know what the hell was going on i didn't know that many eo sky fans in puerto rico but dude they it was i was like whoa they're cheering for eo sky like she's charlotte or becky or something like that on the other end they were booing the hell out of bianca belair that was probably one of the most puzzling things for me the entire night is like you know I understand, you know, some people may feel she's a female John Cena, you know, that's your opinion, whatnot. But to see an entire arena basically turn on her, I just thought was like, wow, this is this is pretty crazy to see. And I kind of touched this point, my grandma. I was like, you could sort of see Bianca, the crowd sort of get into Bianca throughout the match. It was two things I pointed out that was like you could see that Bianca was kind of rattled a bit where she one hand, you know, she does the one hand press for EO Sky. Damn, they broke EO Sky's neck, how she landed. And then Bianca pulled out a 450 splash, something we have never seen Bianca do. Oh, man, I would not say you guys, but I've never seen Bianca try a 450 splash. And it was just horrible attempt at it. So I felt the crowd definitely did a great job. And I felt, I didn't see others, but I think the crowd definitely kind of rattled Bianca a bit in that first matchup between EO Sky. Yeah, and you're right. I've never heard a reaction quite like that for EOS guy. That was awesome to see. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it is funny when you get a crowd that's reversed, like, from face to heel and how they want it, because you never know how a demographic or a certain areas will react to some superstars. But that I, – I will I would not have brought that up. That was a great point you brought up, because that start – that was, like, the start right there. You could tell that the crowd was going to be fully engaged right from that moment on i'm trying to find right now uh we already both gave our grade so we both gave it a solid a cleave i'm trying to look for something right now i will say this um that my favorite part it would have to be carlito coming back and honestly that whole match was awesome uh, Bad Bunny, uh, kudos to you for being in that street fight match and coming out on top. But I, I Cleve, I'm bringing Carlito back today, tomorrow, the next day. I don't know exactly what the holdup is. If they just, you know, don't feel like he deserves a full time run, or he only just likes to show up once in a while. I know he was quoted in saying, "If they called, I'll listen" or whatever. But uh, I think we need some more Carlito in our lives. I agree. His first few, his first run with the WWE, I felt was very successful. He was a great heel when he debuted as Carlito the Caribbean Cool. And fun fact here, his first feud was against none other than the young John Cena, the Thugonomic Cena. Yeah. And that sort of put Carlito in that middle tier division of wrestler. In my personal opinion, I thought Carlito was at the time, which, you know, the brand distinction when I actually did key to each brand i thought carlito <clears throat> could have had a chance of being one of the world's champion on either their smackdown or raw i just thought he was one of the best young heels in the business but sadly they didn't see it like that but he did have a great middle card championship run great tag team wrestler but dude he looks phenomenal he still looks like he has it he still looks in great shape i would not mind to see a carlito get a another intercontinental or united states championship run he would be the perfect um, 
like going for the IC title or US title since we have two heels to me, like Austin Theory one-on-one or with LWO, he could go up against Imperium. But to me, the storyline would be awesome if he did one of those. But hopefully he gets back in there. We'll give him more time when he gets more time because we think it's very well-deserved. I did want to mention, you know, the main event between Cody and Brock Lesnar. Um, Solid match. Not a, you know, it started off with Cody just attacking Brock right away. And then Cody got that roll-up pin. I, we all had a feeling that Brock wasn't going to let it end that way, and it continued into Monday Night Raw, where uh, you know Brock destroyed Cody once again, and now it looks like uh, you know they'll have another fight at Night of Champions with a stipulation involved in the match. Cleve, my question to you is this: If you could pick a stipulation for that match, I've seen things from ambulance match to um, you know, I guess you could do a no holds barred. I quit. Uh, you could even, there's so many directions you can go, but, uh, you know, it was pretty, uh, easy to see how Cody won, which was the right way. You're never just going to get the cleanest victory off Brock Lesnar, but we knew the line in the sand wasn't going to stick there with Brock coming back on Monday night raw. Oh, most definitely. I think a lot of people knew this would not just be a one-time thing. This is definitely going to be a trilogy, most likely. I will say that the Brock Lesnar-Cody match was definitely better than I expected. And I will say the blood made it. The blood boosted up from, I would say, 8.5 to damn near a 9.5 because we rarely see blood today in WWE, especially like that, you know, we see that in AEW all the time with Dean Ambrose and all those cutters over there, but you rarely see it in the WWE. And to see Brock Lesnar face covered in blood, still fighting, dude, that has to be a terrifying sight for anybody outside the ring. A guy that big face busted open and he's still charging at you and whatnot. So I think the next stipulation would have to be somewhere of a no holds barred or you mentioned I quit match. That would be so cool, but I don't think I can't remember the last time we actually had a good I quit match. So my best bet is a no holds barred type match of Falls Count anywhere at Saudi Arabia. We're definitely going to see Cody bleeding. I don't think Brock is going to. I definitely think Brock's going to get his payback back for being busted open. So they're going to. This next fight between them is definitely going to be a hard hitting physical fight. It looked like a damn. You know, I remember the movie, the Tom Hanks movie from back in the day, Castaway, where he had that volleyball with the blood it literally his face looked like that you cannot see any of his damn face and that was a really cool addition um and it, it, i also think it made it that much better because it's like wow the beast is uh he's hurt a little, he's hurting a little right now not that he moved any slur but when you're bleeding like that whoo it was it was uh daunting to see yeah you mentioned trilogy I wonder if they would take this all the way to SummerSlam. I know we have money in the bank on the way. You can maybe do one there, but I'm curious if they do have a third match for a trilogy, where that would be exactly. Um, You know, it probably wouldn't be on SmackDown, so it'd have to be one of the two pay-per-views. And I could definitely see... That's why, yeah, you probably don't want to do an I Quit match because that would almost have to put a put a bow on things maybe i wouldn't but make it interesting whatever you do if they are going to do a trilogy 
Um, Cause it does not look like Cody or Brock will get back to Roman anytime soon, unless they just go random with the whole thing. But I'm going to go, uh, you know what? I saw the rumor. I would love to go with an ambulance match. Uh, even though it's been a, it's been a minute since we had one of those, but why not uh, bring out a little intrigue and something different. This is random, but before we get too far away from talking about backlash, I did want to give a shout out to Selena Vega. Uh, the crowd reaction to her was amazing. I mean, not only is she just one of the most beautiful women to walk this planet, but on top of that, she really performed well. It wasn't the longest match in the world. Um, didn't really expect it to be, but the crowd reaction for her and just to see her raw emotion, Cleve, when you, you know, everyone goes, yeah, it's a, we, we know what wrestling is. We know it has its stories. We know it has its uh, calculated times, but you cannot calculate raw emotion from a superstar. And I just thought that was one of the most chilling things of the pay-per-view, seeing her get that ovation after she lost her crying in the middle of the ring. And that Puerto Rican flag she had connected to her back in her entrance, whoo, that thing was huge. So I, th- I thought they just gave Selena Vega a very special moment there. Oh, definitely. First and foremost, you made a very excellent point. Selena Vega, uh, arguably the most beautiful woman on the roster. Secondly, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people knew Rhea was going to retain. But if you look past the match, you look at the raw emotions that you saw from when um, Selena came out with the Puerto Rican flag, you know, they, the backstory, you know, WWE, I'll tell you this, WWE knows how to sell a story and really make you invest into it. They brought up, you know, Selena's dad passing away recently, not too long ago, and just her coming back home to her roots, it just meant so much to her. And it sort of gave me goosebumps just watching that, you know, like, you know, damn, this is really cool to see. You know, we got the cities, but an entire country and stuff behind the wrestlers, just really, really great to see. The match was eh, but I think people will remember the emotions that Selena wore on her face and the fact that she was able to still put on a great match with all that emotion going around in her. Yeah, that was a 10 out of 10. And I'll tell you something in the woman's department that I th- did not think was a 10 out of 10, and I felt like it was very overpushed and produced, was Becky's return. I'm a huge Becky Lynch fan, but come on now. She was gone for a month. They said a big return was near. I get it. She's one of the biggest, if not the biggest woman superstar. But – you could tell when Trish was talking that she was going to come out sooner than later. And for two women that I love, um, you know, to follow Cleve, I just thought that was on the opposite side of perfection. And I do want to see them two go at it one-on-one, but Monday night raw, that was a little bit of a, of a letdown for me on her return. And that could easily improve from there. But I thought that was a little lackluster. Let's say you. Yeah, I agree. They made it first. I'm gonna be honest. I really didn't know Becky was gone until I saw it on Bleach Report that they was like, you know, where's Becky and a few other people? That's the crazy thing about wrestling is that you could be gone for a while and then people are finally like, oh, hey, we're so and so and whatnot. And you know, Becky's such a big star that you know a month away isn't gonna you know make people suddenly forget who she is and whatnot. But I think this feud between her and Trish Stratus will easily be probably one of the great great women's matches we've never really seen them go at it we've seen trish and charlotte last year at SummerSlam. we really never seen becky or trish and i think they who won that one 
Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte went. That, that's right. Charlotte submitted herself, committed herself as the greatest woman wrestler of all time. And Trish, in my opinion, is the second greatest woman of, wrestler of all time. So to see her back in the ring and going against uh, this generation version, you know, of she calls herself the man. So this female version of the rocker Austin, it's just really cool to see. And I think, I don't know if they would have a match at Night of Champions or they would push it back to summer. No, I know they're in Canada soon. Money right? in the bank. Money in the bank. They could probably push that to money in the bank. And then I think it would be a hell of a match. But I do think they need to better sell this match, though. Because I think we've seen in the past, if you you undersell a woman's match, or you don't really put the effort behind it, then a lot of people just won't care as much, if that makes sense. It, no, it does. And I am going to – I'm buying those Summer Sun tickets tomorrow. So that's going to be we'll, – we'll be on our way. Because before you know it, that stuff's going to be here and. Uh, it's going to be a great way to celebrate my birthday. I cannot wait because, but believe it or not, we're only a month from Mania, but we're already going to be creating SummerSlam storylines once we get through Night of Champions because then the foundation's fully set. If we take it back a minute, we just had Mania, the post backlash, Night of Champions, you fully, that's after that pay per view, we're not going to get a short title stint that changes over in my eyes right before the slam. So we're going to start setting everything up then, and it's going to be great. Um, as we mentioned in previous shows, it is wild how, uh, you know, WWE is so big globally that they went from uh, California for Mania, then they went to Puerto Rico. Now they go to Saudi Arabia. Then they go uh, for money in the bank, finally back to America for SummerSlam. So that's all going to be good stuff. Cleve, me, Tones, and our boy Iman will be in attendance for that. So we cannot wait as the anticipation will be killing us the closer we get. But, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be an amazing match between them. I just hope the storyline progresses in that direction as well. Also, we already talked about a little bit that Seth Rollins – you know, Cleve, that was a slam dunk to me. The SmackDown one, I could have seen Edge. I could have seen Bobby Lashley. I could have seen AJ winning it. But for Seth Rollins getting that dub, I thought that was a slam dunk because it's people don't realize how long it's been since he hasn't had a main title run. And I think it's coming soon again. Okay, okay. Yeah, I agree. Seth hasn't – I mean, what was – Seth beat Brock in what was that 2019 Mania? Yeah, WrestleMania 35. Yep. And then he he, he lost it. Then he lost. He won it. Then I forgot who he lost to the last time. But after that, Seth sort of went on that weird weird phase where he was sort of just drifting around. He really wasn't the top guy, but he wasn't in the middle card or anything like that. He was just sort of stuck in one area. But right now, Seth freaking Rollins. I was telling Paul this. Roman's the man. 100%. Roman is the face of the company. But Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the entire... Did you see how he was involved in the uh, Chicago Bears schedule yeah. release? There yeah. was other... I mean, The Miz, Sheamus, uh, others appeared uh, that we saw, but Seth Rollins was one of the main people in the Bear, Chicago Bears schedule release. Yeah, he's a diehard Bears fan. And even... I forgot it was an arena that Seth was at, and fans looked back and they were singing his song to him. And I was just like, bro, that's that's so crazy when you can 
you sort of step out of the ring and you still have these fans seeing that these other social events, like, you know, basketball, football games, and they still recognize and know who you are. And that's just like the great, that's how you know your character is doing well. It's like when The Rock finally stepped into Hollywood and we knew we could distinguish The Rock and Dwayne Johnson. Sort of Seth was like, I'm not saying he's reaching that level, but the fans just sing his song, you know, Seth just has all this support. And I think if you're going to make a new world champion, I think Seth should be the guy that should carry the raw brand into the future. Will you be cheering for him? Uh, this is going to be a tough one because I also like AJ Styles. And I also think AJ Styles is another guy who deserves a world title reign too because people forget he carried SmackDown for those two years, you know, when – all the other guys on Raw, it was AJ holding down SmackDown. So I want Seth to win, but I wouldn't be mad if AJ wins. Yeah, I'm. That's one where I won't be mad either way. Um, I do think my early guess at it is would be Seth, but honestly, I could see everyone thinking him and him getting screwed out of the time because really, they don't really have many face champions at the moment. Um, even on the woman's side of things, be, I mean, Rhea, I mean, Bianca, yes, she's faced, but Rhea, uh, is not, of course. And then we got Theory, Gunther, um, and then obviously Roman and now whoever the new champ will be. So I won't mind it either way. I'm leaning Seth for now, but that's going to be an awesome match. And I hope they give a good lead up over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, because that that title need they need to start it off on the right foot. They don't want to be, you know, go and I think they picked the right two people to do that on the right foot. But I don't want them to start that title and then all of a sudden that title kind of goes mid because everyone's still focusing on Roman and not giving that title a shot. Cleve, that is my biggest worry. Not that I'm saying it's for sure going to happen in a bad way, but my biggest fear is that the world heavyweight title isn't given enough glamour and it starts to become more feel like an IC title or a um, United States title uh, rather than in comparison to the WWE championship. Do you have any worries with that? Oh, I agree. That's the always the tricky part. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you introduce a new championship belt is that you have to sort of make sure that it is credible and that people would actually take this belt serious. I think I mentioned this in the past when I said with AEW, you know, you have to put the belts on guys that are believable and can elevate the championship. So in WWE case in point, when they introduced the 24-7 title, right, the first person that won it was Titus O'Neil. We knew for sure, even though, you know, the belt, what they said it was, I'll try to say, we knew what the 24-7 belt was originally for, but still, it, we still sort of had a little more expectations than what ended up turning out to be. And the first yes. guy winning it was Titus O'Neil, and he was like, okay, if that's the first guy winning that belt, then yeah, this belt's going to suck. And we were right. So this is a this is a very crucial point for WWE because they also want this. They also have to make sure this belt feels as equal as the two belts that Roman are carrying. Because you have some people that feel they only created this belt because they, Roman, you know, Roman's got these two belts and we just got to add a third world's title. So a lot of people are already, you know, skeptical about this new belt. I think the best solution would be to 
make a guy a well-established wrestler, win it, hold it, add credibility to the belt, and also elevate the championship belt, making guys want to compete for it. Money in the Bank is the next pay-per-view. Whoever wins it should be probably be targeting the world's champion belts just so it can feel as important as the WWE and Universal Champions held by Roman Reigns. And that's a great point because at first when Roman Reigns, I'll never forget in post-Mania press conference saying, we know we're like in the third inning of this thing. This is just the beginning. I'm like, how could this just be the beginning? You've been champion for almost a thousand days, but the interesting and great turns are taken with the family. It truly still is evolving and the bloodline's not going anyway, anytime soon in my thought. And that's amazing for WWE because again, people can say what they want about Roman carrying this championship too long. Once he is not the title holder, once the bloodline doesn't have as big of a feel, things will naturally take a hit. So I'm so happy that that will be around along. I do love your money in the bank point. I think whoever wins that should really be like gushing to go over that world heavyweight championship. Uh, <clears throat> early rumors, Cleve, I didn't have this in the schedule, but I heard a rumor and this, I don't know if you've heard any or what your thought is, but right now I read that LA Knight could be an early favorite to win the money in the bank. Did you hear that or have you heard another name? I haven't heard that, but I've heard the support for L.A. Knight. You hear it all the time when you go on Twitter or Facebook or any any place that talks about wrestling. You hear about the fans asking, why the hell they don't push L.A. Knight? Why is L.A. Knight on the sidelines? I would not be surprised if he were to win the Money in the Bank. I've always felt that the person who wins the Money in the Bank should be like a guy on the up and up, not an established guy already you know it's more for a younger person to you know get that opportunity at a world champion that they probably would never get and i think la knight fits that criteria really well is that you know they may you know a lot of fans are behind la knight and i think wwe sometimes does listen to the fans and i think this time they should because you know i like la knight you know i really don't see what the hype around him is but you know if a lot of people are talking about it maybe he's doing something good you know, he he honestly, he just has, and from just for me personally, because it's not like he's a young superstar that just blemished. He is in his 40s. I truly think his mic skills are just top, top, not like on Miz level, on even The Rock. I think his, his in-ring's fine too, but his mic skills, I think that's why people are so high on him. And he could turn anything into a, uh, any comments he makes into something cool and uh, to be creatively thrown in so that's just one thing i heard on you know we haven't even gotten close to that point yet i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but it's definitely a possibility um that he could be in that picture so we'll see as we get closer through night of champions um another thing and i wanted to save this because again we're still going to talk about uh the steel cage match that was on AEW. uh we're also still going to talk about Roman Reigns, I kind of hit a little bit, but hitting near a thousand days on Night of Champions or right after. And then this point right here, since we were in the roundabouts of talking about Roman, uh, as we bring in Tampa Tones as well, we saw that Roman Reigns last night came out with his first time back since Mania. He came out with the Usos, Solo, and Heyman. And, you know, he's just, we all know that he's frustrated with the Usos. They did not accomplish their goal on WrestleMania. 
They did not accomplish their goal at Backlash or and on SmackDown they had a, a rematch. So they struck out swinging. So what does Roman say? Which I'll say right now, I'll lead into it, which I'm a fan of. Roman says at Night of Champions, it's going to be the greatest tag team ever to face off against KO and Sammy. And then he says Solo and himself, that being Roman Reigns. I do like that at Night of Champions for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Night of Champions, I hate to say I, Saudi Arabia, I just it's always a little lesser on the scale. And they also have it on Saturdays at noon, which is fine. It gives me something to watch during the day on a Saturday. But I don't get the big pay-per-view vibe like Backlash or Money in the Bank right after when we go to SummerSlam. So I don't think they need to put the main title on the line like Logan Paul versus him. We knew Logan Paul had no shot. Was it a good match? Yeah. But I kind of like the creativity in terms of the tag team. Flip side to that, everyone wants to see Roman go through the 1,000-day mark, which is right. It's either on that night or a couple after. It's within a week of Night of Champions. And hold that title again in the air and show that his dominance and defend that title against God knows who it would be um, at that point in time. I guess you could try to have really anybody. It would just You could start a clean slate after that. But I am a fan of him not defending his main title at Night of Champions. I am a fan of him being a twist and going for the tag titles. Uh, there's split thinking on that when I go through social, sh- wow, stutter my way through that, social media, tones as we bring you in here, how the heck you doing, and what is, where are you leaning on Roman Reigns' decision last night for Night of Champions? I'm doing great myself. It's an honor to be here talking with you gentlemen as always, and we're going over Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. I'm not too keen on Saudi Arabia pay-per-views personally myself. Nothing against the WWE for doing them. You're understanding why they're doing them. And it's not even because necessarily it's in Saudi Arabia why I'm not a fan, although that's a whole nother can of worms. It just seems to be whenever the WWE does one of these out-of-country pay-per-views, and I don't consider backlash out-of-country because the United States owns Puerto Rico, So I'm saying when they do these out-of-country pay-per-views, I just think they don't like to have too much happen, too many belts change, too much big stuff happening. Because, you know, it's still giving the fans best of both worlds. It gives Saudis great wrestlers to watch. And it's still giving the core wrestlers, your core fan base over here and uh, North America, the the excitement of the belts changing hands, the big-time matches, and all that stuff. So um, I will be watching 12 at noon, maybe not live, maybe sometime later in the day. But as far as Roman Reigns goes, I understand what they're doing, and I understand why they're not having him defend his belt there personally. um, I'm not too excited about him in a tag team match necessarily. We know it ain't going to last too long, him in a tag division, that's why I'm not too big of a proponent of it, because you know the story is not really going to go anywhere with his tag team title belt. So I'd rather have not had him wrestle for tag team titles or the main title belt. I'd rather put him in a prolific singles match at that point with no title on the line. I mean, we see it all the time. Champions in other sports do exhibition matches without necessarily fighting for a title belt. 
I think we could have got a non-title match from Roman Reigns at Saudi Arabia. Heck, I mean, give him a match against a high-profile star who might not deserve a title, and you got a really excited match right there. I remember I went to the United Center one time, and I was able, I was lucky enough to witness John Cena against Roman Reigns, and that wasn't a title match, and that was fantastic. So I think there's a good amount of ways to go about it. Do I think they failed 100%? Not necessarily. Would I have gone the same route? Probably not. Do I think it's a good call? They didn't put him in the main title picture. I do. But at the end of the day, there's no easy thing to do with these Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. I would have went a little different, but I understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, two comments off of that. Um, I do. I would not mind that one-on-one idea. And in fact, I would take it a step further. I would say if that person beat Roman at that pay-per-view, then they could have a title shot. So I don't Mm -hmm. mind that idea. Number two, I I don't think by any means, I know this isn't our preview and prediction show, but I don't think that Roman and Solo, I don't think they should win or will win that tag match. I think this is just to get us another step in the evolution of the, uh, you know, he calls it the only royal family in wrestling, as he said yesterday. Usos should have some involvement. We should see some uh, things pop off where somebody costs Roman that opportunity, and he only gets more angry from there. At this point in time, in fact, I would actually have Roman Reigns get so upset that we just don't see a little turn. We see some, whether it's Jey Uso or what might have you, I think this is the most angry Roman should get, and I really think we should pick that up a notch in terms of his own family not being fully together. I think that would be the route to go because, as you said, you know, if they win the, if they win the titles, yeah, it will be more gold, but defending them in a tag, that's not really his style, so... I just think they should really make this a bad family situation seem more of a mess and chaotic at that point in time. Now, Cleve, we're coming up on the thousand day mark of Roman Reigns. This, I don't want to break too much into, but we're going to SummerSlam. So I'm going to ask your very early prediction right now. Who would you lean towards Roman's SummerSlam opponent? Are you going to go with an Uso? Are you going to maybe go with, uh, they put out the baby faces yesterday, so Bobby Lashley could possibly be an edge is always an option. He fought Roman a couple manias ago with a triple threat with uh, Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles, if he lost the heavyweight battle, could he put himself into that picture? Sheamus, another guy who's been around for a while. Cleve, we're going to SummerSlam, so I'm going to ask your very early prediction on who you would like to see Roman fight there. Um, I would really like to see the Jay Uso. I think Jay is sort of going to, you know, after what Roman said yesterday, him and Sokoa are going to do it, is probably going to rub Jay the wrong way. And it just seems that Jay is sort of like, you know, he's still in the bloodline, but it just feels like he's not committed as he originally was a few months ago. And a lot of people, if they remember when the Roman Empire when the bloodline Roman first started, Jay was one of the first guys that he actually had a feud with. And they put on great matches from the I quit match and the hell in the cell. And there was another one they had that he sort of got Jimmy in line, Jay in line. So I think it would be really dope to see Jay or Drew McIntyre. It's another guy, you know, that sort of disappeared off TV. There's a lot of speculations on what's going on with his contract at the moment. And those two, I think would just be really great for a SummerSlam main event. Jimmy and Jay both Jimmy and Jay both have fought Roman now, right? 
No, I don't think Jimmy didn't. No, Jimmy just already. I think Jimmy just gave in. Jay was the one that you know had to be taught a lesson. Yep, yep. So I think uh, just a, a quick on the Saudi Arabia thing. I think a reason a lot of us don't like it because you know it's sort of like WWE is getting blood money from you know especially the first year the thing that happened with that reporter over there and a lot of people gave WWE backlash for continuing doing the show where they kind of put money above morals and honor of the company then that one time Vince left the wrestlers over there and they had to you know bring the guys over from SmackDown to complete Raw it just seems like every time the Saudi Arabia show is just something that happens and I don't think any of us really outside of Saudi Arabia the fans really look forward to that show yeah and I will say this Sami Zayn who will be fighting uh of course in that tag team title is he one of the champions he will be back there and that's actually pretty big because um, whatever he had going on, he was not going to Saudi for uh, many years when they started this pay-per-view. Even, we cannot forget, women have evolutionized uh, so much, not only in the WWE, but also in Saudi Arabia. They went from not really going there to going there with a lot of clothes on now. They're starting to, less than, every time they go there, I feel like they have more back to what they actually wear when they're in the States or wherever else it might be, so... It seems like uh, Saudi is getting a little bit easier with restrictions, at least in terms of the wrestling purposes. But it, it no matter how you slice it, I don't give a flying hoot about it. But people do, uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with the country of Saudi Arabia, you're going to have some people turn the wrong way. And I also think the timing of it is huge, too. A pay-per-view at noon, uh, I remember the, when they had the one in Wales, or I think it was Wales, for McIntyre last summer it was but um you know you just don't get that fight night feel when you got something during the day even when uh ufc does it or any other uh you know company i remember the tyson fury boxing match in his home country was more mid-afternoon you don't get that same feel when it's not at night to me as well i think that also play not a, as big of a factor but definitely a small one uh for sure so it's going to be interesting. I mean, I could even see a solo Sokoa. You know, he's been so quiet in the weeds. Maybe they give him t his time to be elevated. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see where they take it because we're still one, two, three months away from that happening. So let's keep it a little more current wide, don't we, and switch gears a little bit before we, you know, go down the line and it's the end of the show and we never talk about it. I have to bring up the phenomenal match from AEW Dynamite on Wednesday between Omega and John Moxley. You know, I'm, one thing I want to put this out there. I, I didn't think this match is great at all just because Moxley, you know, I do love the blood like with the Brock Lesnar thing. But to me, they're overdoing with Moxley. It's like, God damn, does he have a ketchup packet in his pocket every time he goes out there? Even if it's real blood, I feel like he's always bleeding. But this match was a five out of five. I give it a five star. Uh, Kenny Omega, for those who didn't see it, they actually broke outside of the ring because Kenny Omega's move, I think he took his knee to Moxley's chin, took them outside of the, uh, not Hell in a Cell, but took them outside of the cage. Um, they used many things, tacks, uh, screwdriver. And then Don Callis, out of all people, turns on Kenny Omega, who is like his father figure, uh, which nobody expected from light years away for that turn to happen. That would almost be like a, not Paul Heyman because he's wishy-washy, but it kind of would be like if Paul 
turned on Roman and if he fights one of the Usos and Paul Heyman ends up helping out one of the younger ones, you would be shocked that he went over against Roman just to help somebody of a lesser stature. But uh, I don't know if you guys were able to catch any highlights or see any of it, uh, but I just thought from Wednesday that was a phenomenal match uh, for sure. Tones, were you able to see any of those highlights or did you see anything on that steel cage match between Omega and Moxley? I did rewatch the match, and it was one of the better matches we've witnessed as wrestling fans this year. These were two of the best in the business going at it, and I think they did a tremendous job with having every move done in the match equate to the final outcome. It was a tremendous testament to their storytelling ability as two of the better wrestlers in the world. I think that it was fantastic. And I think that they do a great job of using props and utilizing props. When you're watching these matches, it really does give you that nostalgic, old-type wrestling feel. One that you don't really get a lot of times watching WWE is why I enjoy both promotions. Because they are very different in terms of how they deliver their appearance and all that good stuff. I think AEW did a tremendous job in storytelling as well with a little bit of a heel turn and I think that this match is or this rivalry is going to keep escalating and escalating into one of their bigger pay-per-views coming later this month and uh, it's going to continue going and I think that Kenny Omega needed this he hit a little rough patch for his standards quote-unquote I think a lot of wrestling fans could say probably the past six months of wrestling or so he took a hiatus he wasn't really in the main title scene but one thing with John Moxley, he puts on a hell of a show, and anyone who steps in the ring with him is going to have a high-end performance, and that's what Omega Moxley was on AEW. And that steel cage utilization was perfect. They broke out of the cage. They battled in the cage. As you said, they used tacks and all the good stuff in between. So it was really fun. It was really crisp. It was really clean, and it was uh, rated R if you're a fan of that style. Yeah, and guys, we're going to be really busy here. I was just looking it up. Tones and I were talking about this over the past couple days. We are going to come with a long-ass show because we got to not only give a Night of Champions preview show uh, coming up here in the, over the next couple of weeks, but we also got to do a double or nothing. So I don't know if we And decide, we might have a Hacksaw Jim Duggan show. If he's still kicking. Um Oh, wait, is that live on air? Oh, I think it was. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. But no, no, I uh, I hope we do. We have to talk about that because I would actually love to meet Jim Hacksaw. Hey-oh! But um, anyways, Night of Champions, they're both on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Night of Champion ch Champions will be noon on Saturday, and Double or Nothing will be at night on Sunday. Oh, this is just phenomenal stuff right here. Um, you know, I could, I already know tones. If he had to pick one would be watching double or nothing is that's probably their top pay-per-view. And we know Cleve being a WWE guy would choose night of champions. So I'm very interested to not only cover all of that stuff, but also the post reaction, because we are going to have so many good matches going on that weekend that it's going to be very exciting stuff. So boys be ready for all that glitz and grammar. Um, Cleve, I know, I don't think you probably saw the match live on TV, but somewhere on social media, you had to see the bow between Omega and John Moxley. 
Oh yeah, I definitely saw some clips on Bleacher Report and Instagram. I will say I do love how AEW Cage is. I think WWE Cage is, you know, well, the last one they used at Extreme Rules is also really cool. Kind of got away from the original one. Thank God that Red Cage is gone. Oh my goodness. that, that, That was horrible. But I mean, just the original, you know how the cage match was sort of just like, you know, four walls and whatnot. AEW seemed like it was it didn't look like a hell in a cell, but it felt like they had more room inside of it to basically move around. And then I saw Moxley go through the cage with Kenny Omega. And of course, Moxley was bleeding. I told you guys, some of those guys are cutters over there. But from what I read in the comments, a lot of people really like this cage match, love this cage match. Between do you think it, for both of you, do you think they meant to go through the cage or you think that was an accident? Because I can never tell sometimes if that was set up to be that way or not to be that way. I, I go back and forth, so I'm interested in your two thoughts. I think it I think it was part of the match. You Sometimes that does happen accidentally where I think it was the Roman and Brock that year where Roman speared Brock through and it sort of broke and confusion at the end. But I think for that one, I think it was part of the match because of how of a hard-hitting physical match it was already. Tones? Yeah, I, I probably lean part of a match, although that's one of the harder things at wrestling, right? You never know what's storytelling, real, kayfabe, all that good stuff. I think they do build the steel cages built based on the match, and I think that a normally built steel cage probably wouldn't break from that sort of impact. I'm just guessing. So my thought is it was probably planned. I would say they probably had a plan. I'd lean 80% planned. I think I would agree because it wasn't the most egregious move ever either that took him through the cage. Um, it, it didn't seem like loose by any means, but it just seemed more that direction. So I'll agree with you guys on that, but like I said, those are uh, in tone. So those are tough calls at the end of the day. Um, but I'm glad we were able to bring that in there because I that I remember turning to that. There's a lot on TV right now. You got the NBA playoffs, you got the NHL playoffs, you got MLB regular season. Through, through all of that thick and thin, I'm like let me turn this on. It was well worth the watch. Another thing I wanted to bring up quick on AEW. Christian Cage came out with a promo. Um, Right now, I want to – is he in – I don't know if he was talking crap to Ricky Starks. I got to find out. But they he is so heel, and he was going off on so many, um, you know, just one-liners that they were going – they were chanting edges better. And I see I love a crowd when they could get into it like that. I thought that was very – uh, creative, but I'm trying to see right now who Christian was coming at. I thought it was Ricky Starks as I look at this damn thing, but Christian, I mean, he's on his last run. We heard Edge is on his last run. Uh, you guys ever think they'll ever end up getting together one more time, or you think, I mean, what I would say is about a year left for each that they will stay their own ways. I think that they probably will stay. Yeah, I don't. It's so tough. I I think actually, you know what? I think I don't know. I don't know if it's within a year. I do think they get one more match eventually. I think it could. We know these guys. They've both retired before. They've both unretired before. Christian's been around. Um, back in the day, he even left for 
TNA for a while, so it's nothing new to see him in and out. And then Edge had that long, long layoff due to a big injury. Um, again, both have retired before. Both are already WWE Hall of Famers. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Again, I don't know if it's within a year, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see both of these guys get one more last match, whether they're tagging up or against each other um, within, in the near future. You know, they're not going to be around forever, but at the same time, we still see guys like Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett and, you know, some older guys taking bumps. So you never know what type of match it is, too. I think if they make it into a tag team match, it could alleviate some of the tensions and pressures that they might be facing. So, yeah, I, I think that they have another match together. I don't know if it's against each other or tagging, but I do. And, Cleve, before you comment, and I got it wrong, Christian Cage actually wants to go for the TNT title. And he was coming at Arn Anderson. Uh, he, and he said, he, and I quote, I have a, because Tony Schiavone interviewed, because I have a question for you, Tony. What's all these wrestlers in AEW and all their daddy issues? Much like my previous opponent, my current opponent, Warlow, also had a father. But I'm not going to berate your father, Warlow, because he wasn't famous. No one cares about him. Arn Anderson's son, Brock, has a contract here in AEW. Uh, and he was calling, he was going at Arn Anderson, poor old man, and he kept attacking him. And the crowd was just dishing on him. Uh, Cleve, I love that they put, you know, like Edge to me in this, in his time, not to, I know, in his time back has been definitely more face. It's been more of an appreciation run. But for Christian, they, AEW decided we're just going to put this guy full heel and run with it because that's what he's best at. Oh, I agree. Even in WWE, when Christian was uh, healed, you know, the, the peeps and whatnot, it was really dope to see. I do think that they will have one more match. Just the because peep show. The peep show, yeah. <laughs> I think just because Edge was really the guy that sort of got Christian over the hump when they first feud. It was early 2001, little history, where Edge first won the IC title. Christian screwed him, and they have having these banger of a match. They had a ladder match at No Mercy with the like the end of the feud, and after that, we really never saw them tangle in the ring again. They did team up a few times, but it would be really dope to see them have a one-on-one match one more time. I think it would happen in a WWE ring, though. I think Edge is a WWE lifer. I I could be wrong, but I can't really see Edge showing up on AEW one day and challenging Christian. So I think it would probably take place in a WWE ring. But I do think they both are on their last legs in their career. I mean, yeah, Edge said it himself in his interview that I feel like he's going to do one more mania. Like he said about a year a couple of weeks ago at most. So I feel like next mania, which would be 40. Oh, my God. That's going to be insane. But that's way too far ahead of ourselves. But I could definitely – I hope they do get together for more time. I'm always about the stuff, the sentimental little wussy crap that – but, you know, I'm a John Cena fan. I like all the Fruity Pebble stuff. So shout-out to our boy KC4 Life Wrestling. But, uh, no, I would like to see them get back in it for sure. Speaking of heels, as we just talked AEW, we're going to wrap up here with a little WWEs. We're hitting the top of the hour and get the heck out of here to enjoy our weekend, which – Eh, it's kind of gloomy out here. If you're in the Chicago area, we're just hoping that sun comes out and not more rain. But, uh, man, we all knew Asuka was going to come back for Bianca Belair. Last night on SmackDown, they did a Bianca Belair appreciation episode. It was in her hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. 
And right away, they did not waste any time. Uh, Asuka comes out, shakes her hand, spits the green crap in her face, and boom, that sets it up. That was the first time we've seen her since her Mania loss. I'm... I know Tones mentioned it usually at the Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. Titles don't change hands often. We did see the wacky one with Bray Wyatt, though, against the Goldberg. We have seen some. I'm not I'm not putting my prediction out there yet. I'm just leaning Asuka as of this moment as my bold prediction for that pay-per-view. I think it's I, I think it's about her time. Bianca's been the longest woman's champion now uh as she's I, I think that was maybe three wrestlemanias in a row anyways uh tones could you see any chance or are you sticking to your guns with how you know saudi arabia nice pay-per-view they get a good chunk of change out of it no chance bianca wins it or, or loses it or could is there an opening where you see asuka could take this thing I don't see Asuka taking this thing uh, in Saudi Arabia, to be honest. I think that they're going to continue. If Becky, or I'm sorry, if Bianca didn't just lose it at Backlash, I don't think she's going to lose it upcoming. And I think she's turning into one of these characters where she's really bringing a fan reaction, whether it's good chairs or booze. A lot of fans are riding with the Bianca Belair wave right now. And in the world of wrestling publicity, is publicity. If the fans are cheering or booing, that means you're a hot commodity and she's getting such a crowd reaction right now. I think they got to keep the belt on her, take some time to figure out an epic storyline for her heading into SummerSlam and then see where they're at. I think Bianca Belair should retain this one, not only because they're in Saudi, but I think she has a world um, in a roar, in an uproar right now. And I think that's a good thing in wrestling when your fandom is that split. I like that thought. Not the same as mine, but I can respect that thought. Cleve? Um, this might be tough, but I just I didn't realize that Bianca basically had you know headline mania three years in a row. I could kind of could see why the fans are saying she's the female version of John Cena, you know, during the Cena era. Cena that's the always, second time you've said that now. Yeah, I mean that's that's what the people were saying on Twitter. And I think one of you guys even mentioned in the group chat when I Me. brought up the yeah, Tones mentioned that some people feel she's becoming a female version of John Cena. It's not a bad oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think the issue is, is that if you, if you, it's just so predictable that, you know, Bianca's, you know, not, not I know Roman's predictable, but. Right. That's, that's what I was going to say. Isn't he more predictable to me? But Roman is a more established guy, though. Be, Becky, I mean, Bianca, she's not been on the main roster that long, and it's. And it's sort of to the point where she literally ran through the entire roster. Um, I agree, but I also don't feel – I feel like it doesn't take woman as long to get established either for whatever reason. I feel like when women get called up to the main roster, their toes get dipped a little quicker than the men's do. I feel like the men's got to earn it a little more. The woman, eh, if you're a star, they're going to put you in the title picture. Like Asuka, remember so after Asuka got called up from NXT, she was – winning the rumble she was in mania you know charlotte flair page they've all come up right away and just took the world by storm i think the female division it's, it's a good one but i think they need as many stars as they can get so when they see a star like a bianca like a charlotte flair they incorporate them right away whereas the men's a guy like roman reigns 
you got to earn your stripes a little bit. He's done that. I'm not saying he hasn't. But Oh, I agree. I definitely was literally about to point to the fact that I think they do that because, no offense to the women's wrestler, but the women's division, it's sort of, it's weak compared to the men's division. You know, the men's division, you could probably name 15 guys that you say, you know what, possibly could be the top guy or in the middle picture. The women's division, you probably get five names, six if you're lucky. You know, six might be debatable and whatnot, but that's a very excellent point. And I just feel that with Bianca running through the women's division, it's sort of hard to make people really care about the women's division because if Bianca beating them. Charlotte I would say them. though, Charlotte though, they Charlotte Bianca needs to still happen. That oh, most definitely does need to happen. But you can plan that for Mania a few months down the road and whatnot. But I think Oscar is the perfect person, the right, excuse me, the right person to beat Bianca. If Oscar can't do it, then I don't really think anyone else can do it until Charlotte returns from her vacation again i just feel that the women's division is just so lackluster at the moment that uh, it's, it's well, just I a mean, real they're bad even, spot they're even talking about it because really quickly I, I didn't have this plan in here either but AEW is going to eventually come out with their third show in collision and they talked about how they're not making roster choices for women they'll let women float the companies because they simply don't have uh the the staying power and the you know the people that could make a split decision where you hit like the men where you have so many more um, possibilities to be split branding because uh, AEW really hasn't done that to this point yet. Yes, you know who you're more consistently going to get on Rampage versus Dynamite, but it's not exactly a brand split. And that's something they talked about a little. Uh, Tones, we already gave ours, but before we give our walkouts and get the heck out of here, we did not. How rude of me, first off, not to mention Savio. Vega getting his first WWE appearance since, um, I want to say, oh, well, he was on a February Raw uh, back, but I mean, it since a consistent appearance, he has not been on our screens in a while. Tones, we both gave it an A, um, more so for the, not, the matches were awesome, but we gave it the A. Uh, and part, it pushed it from a B for me because of the crowd. What was your letter grade on Backlash? And uh, what was your, you know, coolest takeaway from that show? It was it was a good show. And Carlito always helps build the crowd. He always has. And whenever Carlito's involved, you just know the show is going to step it up a notch. Especially of late, we've only seen him sporadically. But the crowd's been thirsty for Carlito. Everybody loves Carlito. And... When he appeared, that was a really good pop. That was a really good thing to make happen. I, I look at Backlash, and you break down the card a little bit, and it was pretty good overall, right? The Rhodes-Lesnar match, a little short match there, but I think it was effective. I think it held its own. I think it had to do what it had to do, although it was under 10 minutes long. Lesnar doesn't have a ton of long matches anymore, so that one makes sense. It was under 10 minutes? Yep, nine minutes and 40 seconds. You look at the bloodline defeating Riddle, Owens, and Sami Zayn. I think we all kind of, even though we predicted KO and Sami, I think we alluded to, hey, this is a match where KO and Sami could afford to lose. I think it's just got to be a good one. That one was a really good match, and that one was a really long one, 22 minutes. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, incredible one, 25-minute match. I think Bad Bunny... And Logan Paul and, and these guys of late are really 
showing people that WWE is going from more of the celebrities like the Drew Carey's of the world and, uh, you know, guys that really can't move all too great, Shaquille O'Neal's of the world, guys that actually could serve a purpose in the ring now, right? Like a Bad Bunny, like a Logan Paul, even like a Johnny Knoxville they try to have him do. So I, I think they continue to do a tremendous job in building Bad Bunny's character. And to me, Damian Priest isn't close in his career to deserving that magnitude of a win yet. I think that match deserves an A+. I think that was the best match on the card. When I look at Ripley's Alina, you got what you expected. You got a big crowd reaction for Zelina as she's from Puerto Rico. You got Zelina looking really good um, in terms of looks. And then in terms of actual wrestling, you got a pretty okay match. But it, it was still a good match. It was a little shorter, 7 minutes and 10 seconds. But it was what you expected there. No complaints there. Um, Theory, Lashley, Bronson Reed, that match was the one that kind of flopped for me. Um, not that, you know, you need a bad match every pay-per-view. I think that one takes a cake for this one. That one came in under seven minutes for those three guys. It's kind of a shorty, but you can see why it's a little overlooked with the magnitude this card had. And then Seth Rollins, Omos. For Omos, and I know Seth Rollins could do this with anybody pretty much, but for Omos to go over 10 minutes, that's pretty impressive. And Slice Wrestling came out with the report saying that the WWE is not only going to push Omos, but they're going to make him one of the biggest heels in the WWE in the coming months. And I think that was a great start to it by giving him that good of a match with Seth Rollins. And then Becky, or uh, Becky, Bianca Belair, EO Sky, that was actually the better of the women's matches to me. I thought it would have went the other way. But EO put on a hell of a show. And again, Slice Wrestling reported that now EO Sky is going to get her own singles push. She's going to get her own singles run. I think this pay-per-view overall, the crowd puts it. To me, I would have gave it a B without, you know, maybe B minus. But the crowd, the Carlito return, the Savio Vega, and the intensity and magnitude of the bigger matches, I got to give it an A. I, I give it an, right above an A minus. I give it an A. Not exactly an A plus, but a really good A. I think this is a really good show. And uh, to me, I told Joey, I'm never, I, I think the new backlash is always kind of dumb. I haven't been a fan of late. But, um, you know, this makes me get hope for backlash again. I think they killed it this year. I think the previous years, for me, felt a little cheesy with the backlash after Mania stuff. I, I didn't feel that one second this year. Even in the matches I thought were disappointing, I didn't feel like it was cheesy at all. Completely agree. I'm past backlashes. Haven't been lived up to the hype to me like this one. Cleve, I want to ask you, he brought, he kind of centered, not centered, but he brought up every match, but in the two names that brought to light that we didn't talk a ton about, Eo Sky and uh, Mr. Omos. Cleve, my question to you is this. Which one holds a title sooner. Oh, uh, uh, you know, after that reaction that EO received and the fact that WWE is even considering making her a singles champion, I think EO has the stronger case of the two. I think we both, we all mentioned how damage control just really hasn't worked out since it showed up. You I hope EO Sky turns on Bailey, and that's yeah. how that one-on-one starts. You can make an argument, first and foremost, Bailey outfit at uh, 
Backlash, ah, easily top 10 uh, best outfit I've ever seen at wrestling. But anyway, <laughs> um, you can make booty, an argument. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. <laughs> it's a dumb truck back there. But you can make an argument that Bailey calls EO Sky the championship match. EO had her, and then Bailey pulled her hair, and it sort of caused the referee, you know, to call that distraction and everything. And Bianca was able to recover and win the match. So that could be a great story going forward was EO say, hey, I don't need you guys anymore. I can stand out on my own. And we can sort of get Bailey back in a singles run too because damage control just hasn't worked out since it showed up. Uh, outfit and wow, it is a uh, good one from that for sure. Um, I'm going to end it with this as my close. I, you know what? I hope I was wrong on Omas. I thought he was totally going to be a flop. I just got sick of him fighting jobbers. Um, I did not think they did him much justice. I thought it was good to put him with MVP. I was hoping maybe the Hurt Business come back together and they would have him add to it, but that doesn't seem like it, but kudos to him for having a better performance now. And uh, hopefully it continues into the future. I'll close by saying this. I thought April was huge for wrestling. Oh, my goodness. May, we got two pay-per-views. We got one of the big four for AEW with Double or Nothing. And we have Night of Champions all wrapped in our Memorial Day weekend. I'll leave it with this, Cleve. What is your final statement? Maybe something we didn't talk about or mention. Anything catching your eye before we get out of here? Oh, I didn't even bitch my guy almost. Um, I've been a big fan of him from the beginning. I think he has all the makings of a future world champion. And Joe makes an excellent point with MVP by his side as a mouthpiece. He can just handle things in the ring. We don't have to hear him talk because we all know when he does get on the microphone, it's like, eh. So MVP around for him is great. And I want to close out with my closeout remarks is I'm excited fans. I know I mentioned at the top of the show. But my team is in the Western Conference oh, Final. Geez. LeBron at 38 might win his fifth ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on cloud nine right now, and I can't wait to see my Lakers win it all this year. Thank Just you. like Cody Rhodes coming so close and then losing to Roman Reigns, your LeBron's going to do the same thing. He's going to be reaching for that title, and it's all going to be sucked away from you, brother. Uh, speaking of brothers, Tampa Tones, Anything you want to bring up or talk about with your closeout and uh, what we got going here in the near future for you? This guy's fandom is just totally asinine, and he roots for the Bulls. He roots for LeBron. You can't do that. You just can't do that. That's like being a Bears fan and rooting for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't work like that, brother. So next time you try and say we for the Bulls or my Bulls win a game next time the Bulls do good, I'm going to say no, no, no. I'm going to pull up the tape and show the people you claiming LeBron James. And after he loses to Jokic, you're going to be devastated because Jokic is the best player in the world. And what he's going to do to that Lakers team is nothing LeBron's ever witnessed to this day in his career yet. Jokic is going to have that guy saying, I wish I would have lost to the Warriors. That's how bad the Nuggets are going to beat the doors off the Los Angeles Lakers when they met. LeBron's going to be eating a six-piece. Jokic is a lot better at this point in their careers. I'm going with the better (laughs) player. So um, give me the better player. Give me the GOAT. Give me Jokic in this one. Um, Moving forward. Again, the GOAT, Jokic in this one. Moving forward. 
Bucketeers. We're going to have our schedule release breakdown, get into all ins and outs of the schedule. 2023 season, uh, it's here, guys. Football season slowly approaching. So that's going to be probably um, outside chance of today. I'm thinking Monday at this point. But keep up with us at Bucketeers. And we are in talks with Buccaneers rookie wide receiver Ryan Miller potentially joining the show. Uh, a couple other guys potentially joining us. So uh, we'll see how that works. We'll see and uh, keep up with us for not only Buccaneers coverage, but all football coverage at BUC. C-A-T-E-E-R-S. That's on Apple. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Spotify, Twitter, and then Instagram. We're Bucketeers Pod and YouTube Bucketeers Podcast. So uh, I look forward to chatting with you again, uh, you gentlemen again very soon, and uh, continue to talk about the great industry we love in the world of wrestling. Well, there you had it, folks. We just brought you over an hour of coverage. We talked about Backlash. We talked about Raw SmackDown. We talked about Night of Champions. We also talked AEW with the uh, Dynamite. A little bit of, you know, what's coming up on Memorial Day weekend with Double or Nothing. It's going to be a great... Oh, and real quick, Joey and I are also going, speaking of wrestling coming up in June, we're scheduled to go to the uh, Go Home show before uh, Forbidden Door for AEW and New Japan. So, uh, Oh, now wait a minute. We got Forbidden Door last year in the United States. This year they go to Japan, huh? Forbidden Doors in Canada this year, I think. Oh, Canada. I think it's in Canada this year. I want to say. They're really going global, too. But, yes, that is right. We will be there for that. There's always nothing better than a go-home show. But, hey, we're going to bring you all the live coverage over the next couple of weeks. For that being Mr. Tampa Tones, for that being Cleve, this is me. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And to all the mothers out there especially. Happy Mother's Day. Happy yes. Mother's Day. Happy go Nuggets. Day. Let's go, Denver. Yeah, get your Let's six piece, Cleveland, because you're going to be eating Nuggets all dang weekend from that. Um, but especially the wrestling mothers out there with being on the road 24 7, I think you deserve a special shout out um, to all of them in the industry. I, Becky Lynch comes to mind first when she gave up her title years ago to Asuka. How funny things come for Soka. But for this show, we are done here today. And my name is Paul Heyman.